Hello and welcome to the <laughs> Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. I'm Ash, and I am joined by one, two, three of my firefighting family. We have Scott. Hey there. We have Todd. Hello. And again, we have Kyle. Hello. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> uh, what do we, this, this week we got some news coming out of uh, North Van, and then uh, something similar kind of close to home. Who wants to take that, Todd? Sure, I can start that. Yeah, so it uh, sounds like there was multiple people uh, stabbed in North Vancouver uh, the other night there. Um, and, you know, just it got us talking about all these kind of uh, MCI events, you know, that we talk a lot about. And, and it's always the active shooter. And then we also discuss people are now using vehicles as weapons for these types of assaults and, and knives, you know, and these the fixed objects. Like, it's perfect. So many people carry a knife. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. this guy it sounded like he was carrying a lot, very large knife. That's the guy in North End? In North End, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things, you know, it's, we talk about our smaller departments. It, this could be anywhere. It, it's not just a big city problem, mm-hmm. you know, which we're going to talk about the next area where it occurred. And, um, you know, we just, we need to be prepared. It's uh, one of those things where we need to be well aware and, and have the right k- kits and communication <clears throat> tools and the process and have the right mindset for these events. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, very tragic for the people involved, uh, how it all went down uh, in front of families and everybody, it sounded like. But it sounded like the uh, all the emergency responders did very well. They responded quickly. The police got there on scene very quickly and apprehended the suspect. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, <coughs> last night, last night, yeah, there was a stabbing, well, mul- again, multiple stabbing, um, north of us in a town called Kelowna, city called Kelowna. Um, yeah, it was at a. It sounded like a bunch of uh, kind of teenage, mm-hmm. kind of they get into that a older bonfire, a bonfire, a kind of bush, bush party, party right? yeah, yeah, the old bush party. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was a um, again multiple people stabbed. I think again six people. Yeah. <clears throat> um, don't know conditions. Yeah, so this one it sounded like uh, I was watching the news and and uh, this individual pulled up and started uh, assaulting a female on scene, right. and then w- one of the other males uh, in this group that was there jumped in to stop it. Um, it doesn't it's unclear if it's relationships or not, but uh, he was the first one to be stabbed, and right. then from there. Uh, that started lashing out and there was multiple other people stabbed and slashed during this right. whole event and then the person ended up fleeing. Yeah. Yeah. But again, small area, right? It's a small bush road. Uh, volunteer, local volunteer department was the first uh, to respond, first on scene. So like they set up a staging area at a close intersection. Yeah. Proceeded from there. You know, and I, and I talked to a guy or a few different people that have been stabbed before. Um, the one guy I know really well I actually teach uh, with him. Um, he, when he got stabbed, he said it felt like, just felt like he got punched in the stomach. He said he was in a fight years ago outside of a 7-Eleven, actually. Um, uh, felt like, like he was fighting this guy and literally said, yeah, I thought he, I thought he like sucker punched me hard in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then he looked down and just, he just saw like red, like blood. Um, so, there was that like there's no the problem with stabbings is uh, people keep coming like people don't run usually when stabbings are happening because they're, they're silent right they're not mm-hmm. like unless you see the knife um people are like oh those guys are fighting let's go try to break it up and next thing now you're getting stabbed because you're trying to break up this fight that you thought was just a fight but now it's a stabbing mm-hmm. um, and you know and i was saying today of course on facebook i'm getting into it with people but <laughs> um you know they're it's unlike you yeah, it's unlike me. <laughs> they're, they were talking about guns and uh, um, but the thing about a knife is they, they call it actually the perfect weapon because it, it doesn't break, it doesn't run out of ammo. Um, it's really easy to use. Silent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need any special training to use it. And um, yeah. Never, and it never jams. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the gun actually, you, to, to properly use a gun, you have to understand how it works and, you know, how it jams, what ammunition you need, all that kind of stuff. Whereas a knife is just... You know, go to any, any go to your kitchen and you'll find a knife so mm-hmm. um, it's way more prevalent than than shooting and I think the wound patterns you can correct me if I'm wrong but I I, I would feel the wound patterns are they can be so much different because you know bullets tend to be this long bullets are always the same 
not, they're different calibers, but if you know, a nine millimeter is shooting out of a nine millimeter, it's gonna be a nine millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get different, obviously, <clears throat> areas where it's hitting and different um, uh, wound uh, patterns from that. But a knife could be, you know, they stick it in, moves around, just slashes, stabs. Exactly. Yeah, we see a lot of that. A lot of the um, stabbings that we respond to, uh, you can. It's fairly easily to identify if it's just a deep slash or superficial one. Um, or just uh, the simple puncture wounds. Um, and the one thing that people forget to forget to do on the stab wounds is you want to check the depth. Like if, if the stat, if the knife or whatever the object was that was used isn't present, if you don't know how deep it was, or if there, you cannot get a description of what was used, you want to check the depth of it right. as well. Because uh, that makes or breaks. Yeah, absolutely. That makes or breaks a lot of it. Um, you know, like the, the first thing the eMERGE physicians are going to be doing is when they get there, they'll peel off a dressing. They're checking how deep it is. Oh. Yeah. Um, they, it's... I thought there'd be some kind of magic tool. Like, <laughs> just no. your finger. You lick your fingers. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, like a, it's like a wet willy. Is that a wet willy? What's a coo? I mean, I'm not saying you respond to a stabbing tomorrow, first thing you can do is like, hang on a sec, stick your, stick your index finger in it. <laughs> the guy's probably going to punch you in the face. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, this is, this is done by, by uh, physicians in the Secondary control assessment. environment, right? <laughs> but it's, it's important to identify how deep it is and the area of the body and then usually the tra- trajectory because you want to be able to find out if it's an upward motion, if it's on a certain area of the body, did it hit the heart, the lungs, your spleen, you know, there's yeah. so many things. Um, and then, of course, if it's not actively bleeding, well, is it bleeding internally? Yeah. You know, is, is the depth of that wound causing it to, to pool somewhere else in the body? And sometimes that sucks you into thinking it's not as major of a stab wound as it is. The next thing you know, they, they're hypovolemic and they're going unresponsive on you. So. Well, we were just talking about the one that we were talking about recently where the guy got stabbed but it, it, in the lung, but it didn't, go hit, didn't hit his lung, but it went mm-hmm. through his pleural tract, right? So yeah, what do you get with that? With our axe, yeah. So then there's that too, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we get to, we see lots of guys that start developing uh, pneumothoraxes or, or hemothoraxes later on. Um, and yeah, so you you got to treat stabbings fairly seriously. Like mm-hmm. uh, that depth, I mean, it's, it's bit me in the ass before. I've, I've been blocked away from the hospital. You try and get him in as quick as you can, then you find out later how deep it actually was, and he's going into major surgery. So it's uh, time is of the essence, absolutely. Unless it's a very obvious superficial slash, things like that, where it's just requiring sutures. But um, the big thing is as well is check everywhere under the armpits, you know, the groins, like any folds of skins, you know, under breasts for females, <clears throat> maybe some males. And uh, you you want to you want to look for those hidden those hidden injuries. Um, is it has happened to people? Whereas. They do a little rapid body survey. They find the obvious ones. They yeah. put a, a chest seal or an offsite or a dressing on it. But then they don't go check under the armpits or like for police, for example, with vests, they don't check under the vests, right? Yeah. You know, they know first thing you're doing, you're stripping that vest off. You're stripping them down. You're having a good look. You're checking everywhere. Because there's one thing, uh, uh, Kevlar does not stop. Kevlar is designed to stop um, mm-hmm. bullets. It doesn't stop knives. So it will, it will cut right through that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the big thing there as well is if you are, if you are in on any of the stop the bleed stuff, it is even more important again to teach your kids and teach the people, the kids in schools, because again, like you had mentioned there, Todd, and these kids were up at a bush party. You know, yeah. if your kid might be the smartest, nicest person in the world, and they're probably going to go and they're going to try and stop that situation, mm-hmm. well, that yep. situation is going to get them stabbed. So is it really a good idea to know not to do that? No, you should still try and do these things and try and stop these things from happening. But you should probably have some knowledge on how to deal with these things if it is going to work. These things are right there, man. These things are right there. Even if one of them was out on the bush trip and we talked about it, they fall, they land on a twig and it goes through their leg and it hits the wrong artery, you've got Mm -hmm. problems real quick. So again, just knowing how to deal with these things with uh, tourniquets and equipment. Yeah, that was, you know, that brings a good point. Like, the uh, the news broadcast for the Kelowna incident, uh, they interviewed the father. And the father said, he's like, I'm angry, but I'm also so, so proud of that group of boys mm-hmm. for jumping in to try and save that, that female who's being assaulted, you know, that's 
he felt you could tell he felt like he brought him up right. They were doing the right thing by intervening, got him stabbed. Mm-hmm. But now he's so hence <laughs> the anger and yeah. and the the worry, right? As a father, but um, yeah, like and I watched that and I started thinking to myself, I was like, man, like that's how real this is nowadays. Like it's not like the old the old days where you know we just get into a fisty cuffs and it's it's over. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's default, everybody's packing a blade, they're packing something, it's going one step further. I think England's been up for years. I've been out yeah, of yeah, yeah, party where, where guys <laughs> are smashing bottles and going after each other and right? I mean that's that was a Saturday. Yeah, where yeah. I grew up. Right? Like that's, <laughs> it's, it's sketchy, right? Like, and that's just the thing. Like, you know, generally at those those kind of outdoor bush type parties or whatever, um, there's lots of loud music. There's vehicles coming and going. Um, and it's it's not like a gunshot where everybody yeah. scatters. I think Scott said that, right? Like, or it draws you know, attention, or it's going to yeah. draw draw attention. It's just you know, to have a fight at a bush party is it's more rare to not have one. So having an altercation isn't a big isn't a big deal. Like that's am sure. I wrong? People are gonna well, find out where we're from real fast. Yes. Right? Yeah, I mean, not nowadays, but yeah. Like, yeah. Back I mean that was it. Place. Like if you went yeah. to a bush party and there wasn't a fight, or you didn't hear that there was gonna be a fight, it's probably gonna happen to you. Like, <laughs> the guy getting dropped, right? Like there is going to be a fight at the bush party. So now bring in you know weapons and it's gonna be a knife. It's, yeah. You know, thankfully we didn't get a lot of the guns here, but. It's going to be a knife. Actually, well, what was it? Was it on your Facebook or was it our chat group where Nick from the Brotherhood Academy? Hard rock. Yeah. It was like, some husband tried to... No, husband. Murdered, no, murdered his wife murdered with a rock. Murdered his wife with a rock. And, and, yeah. the, and the beach was open. Yeah. So yeah. there there you are. You're, you're walking down the beach. I mean, maybe, maybe this was at, at night or whatever. <laughs> but you're on this beach and here's this guy murdering his wife with a rock. Like, crazy people are crazy people. Yeah. yeah. So... You know, you're, you're not going to stop it. Be so, I mean, there's going to be guns, there's going to be knives, there's going to be a rock, there's going to be their hands. You know? Yeah. Why don't you throw liquor or drugs in the mix? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So, arm, arming yourself, whether it's in your department or just on your person, um, trying trying to do the best you can to help, you know, remedy um, or delay. Well, I mean, okay, going back to my movie theater uh, little altercation I had. That's right. Uh, that guy I took down outside the movie theater and... Uh, I had, I had the old neon belly, and he's reaching and trying to get in his pocket. And, mm-hmm. and uh, after we hand, after the police came and handcuffed him, we found a knife in his pocket. So, yeah. what was he yeah. trying to? I mean, I don't know if he was trying to go for it. I assume he was. Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's a different world, man. It's um, and it's it's interesting with the layering of COVID now with everything. We as our service, the ambulance service, we're seeing way more mental health. Mm. And that's tying into assaults and all sorts of other events. Like there's there's all these little connections, but a lot more mental health mm-hmm. at every aspect of society, not just what people assume the stigma of mental health is. Like everywhere, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that ties into all this stuff, man. Like you know, and it, it made me, it sparked me actually to have a conversation with my son after because he he watched the news clip <clears throat> about the North Vancouver one. And I told him, I said, see, this is this is one of those reasons why situational awareness is so key. And, you know, you, you need to be aware of your surroundings. And if you see something, to say something, right? Like, like act out, speak up, and, and just be prepared for anything. Like, not necessarily you know, jump in and defend everybody. Like, know when it's not safe and make the right decisions. But also, I want them to be empowered and to choose that, hey, if I need to jump in and defend somebody, this is the time to do it, and this mm-hmm. is the time to run away. Because yeah. I'd be like that as well. I'll be the first person to jump in and defend somebody, but I am also have enough savviness to look at, ooh, I'm probably going to die if that happens, so no, nope, I'm out. I'm going to yeah. get the next level of help, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's crazy. And it sucks having that conversation with your kid. Yeah. Right? It's, it's hard. Oh, well, right? sure. Yeah. And, and the problem with those knives, like, you know, you get a black and you know black and blade. You don't even know what he, yeah. that he had one, right? Yeah, maybe you didn't know he had one. Well, that yeah, the colonial and, and one too. And like the bush, like a bush party, party in the middle of the night, yeah, yeah. yeah. So quick, it's so mm-hmm. fun. Well, that's the other thing. Like you know, it's not like come on, it's not like um, what's that? What's that? Uh, the Jets in the like West Side Story. Oh, they're having their knife uh, fight. He's coming at you like clicking. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, they're, ja- they're dancing knife fights. Like, it's, not, it's not like that. It's it's like it's literally called the prison sewing machine because it's like you know it's like mm-hmm. a sewing machine over and over and over again. Yeah, um, it doesn't stop until the guy gets tired or until the threat's over, like until what he deems as the threat is down, right? mm-hmm. or until he's had enough. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> and you know it, you know all these little things that makes me remind myself that. You know, just what we talk about, carrying tourniquets, you know, carrying little first aid things mm-hmm. in your personal vehicle. You know, if you're going out for a day pack, having something around, you know, maybe if you don't have the capacity for in your shorts or clothing to carry something, you know, if your spouse has a purse or something, maybe they can carry one. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and yeah, you've got to be prepared to save yourself and, and others. For sure. So one thing in, in our, in Stop the Bleed in North America, they don't teach chest seals. Mm-hmm. In Australia, for some reason, the Australian version of Stop the Bleed. If you ever look on the website, right. look on the instructor's page, and like Australian version of chest seals. That's because they get attacked by crocodiles. And... Yeah, you think they have like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like anti venom. Like, yeah. <laughs> Too many things fucking Oh, Crocky, you, you got a crocodile hanging off your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the you last. Chest seal on it. <laughs> The last thing wow. PowerPoint uh, for, for Australia to stop the bleed is to move out of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Be prepared. Move. But, uh, so, Todd, tell us about chest seals. Like, first of all, they're, you know, I was having a discussion with someone the other day. They were like, oh, you can't have that. So, that's a... Well, there's a myth behind it, too. Yeah. Really. It's uh, <clears throat> They thought it was some kind of advanced medical treatment. Yeah. It's, 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 there's nothing advanced about it. It's, it's a dressing. That's all it is. And there, there's nothing more to it. And it, it is a simple dressing. I mean, you need to be prepared and have a little bit of basic knowledge on why you're putting it on, right? To look for, you know, the, the patient's condition changing, right? And then deteriorating uh, from that chest injury if it's a yeah. pneumothorax or a hemothorax. But, um, yeah, it, it is, it's just a dressing. I mean, in basic first aid, if you're taught and you find a sucking chest wound, you put a gloved hand over it. That's mm-hmm. the basic first aid from day one, right? From a hundred years ago. Yeah. Well, what are we doing now? Well, chest seal is a gloved hand with a one-way valve. Yeah. Like, absolutely. It frees you up. So there's nothing special about it. Yeah. Uh, and for the longest time, people thought, no, that's an advanced thing. Only paramedics yeah. can do that. You know, we, we as FRs or other first aid attendants, you yeah. can't have that in your kits. No. Because what's the other thing I remember uh, learning was, uh, was it the... A smarch bandage, mm-hmm. and then and then you get the three sided tape, mm-hmm. and you yeah. try to put it. And I was, I would always think like, okay, if there's if this person's actually bleeding, and scr- moving around, thrashing around, screaming, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there with my piece of tape, which on a good day I can never get my freaking yeah. tape out of my, yeah. I can never pull the tape stuck to my glove. <laughs> and I got it on yeah. my pants, trying to get <laughs> trying to get my three pieces right. Okay, got my S march with my scissors, <laughs> measure it out, or yeah. pre or pre measure, pre measure, well, <laughs> and then try to stick doing? it on. <laughs> So. Yeah. That, what were you what were you doing by doing the three sided three sided tape with the S mark? Yeah, you're making a goddamn chest seal. You're making a chest seal. You're making a valve, right? Exactly what you're doing. I mean, the science and the technology behind these these valves is way far advanced now from 20 years ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I did that on a patient. Well, 21 years ago, I was a witness to a murder in, in Oregon, yeah. in the states. And uh, we're camping. This is 21 years ago. Uh, <clears throat> the guy's probably out the on guy's bail probably now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we were we were down camping. We were um, uh, we had our dirt bikes in the dunes, and we'd go down there every year, and we'd bomb around. And and uh, midday, so midweek, in, in this campsite in Oregon on the dunes, there it's nobody's there. Like weekends, it's chaos. Thousands of people. Well, somebody was there. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> but it was literally it was the camp. It was the camp host. Um, this other camper up in the corner, and then uh, ourselves. And you know, we got back from riding. We're chilling out. We're hanging out. You know, doing some work on our bikes, and and we hear this blood curdling scream. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know, and everybody else kind of looks looks away. But I'm the type A personality out of the group. Like. Fuck that! I'm going to see what it is. Check that out. <laughs> Just had to talk. I probably shouldn't go into those places. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, I was 20 years old. So. He's gotten wiser. Yeah, <laughs> latter half. Here. So I go booking it up the parking lot and up this little mound, and I see this guy kind of stumbling and running towards me, with his hand behind his back, and this other guy chasing him. Mind isn't quite processing what the fuck is going on yet, but I'm like, huh? 
okay, as I'm still running towards <laughs> this is them. weird. <laughs> and the other guy sees me and six other guys, you know, 100 feet behind me, so about turn and he fucks off the other direction. So I come up, I see him stumbling, so the first thing I do is put my arm around the back, his back and hold his arm to try and keep him upright. And I feel my hand and my arm is all, all wet. I'm like, what the fuck? And I... I look we back and our explicit lyrics. Right, so, <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. I work in a square rich environment. This is, re- this is the reason why, because all my PTSD stories. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even working at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So my my hand is all wet. I look at it's all blood, and he's got this massive, like three inch sucking chest wound in the center of his, his shoulder blades. I'm like, oh, this just got real. And he goes, he stabbed me. He stabbed me. And my brain, I'm still trying to process this. I was like what <laughs> he's like he stabbed me i'm like holy shit so i yell out to my buddy he's like hey you're a paramedic at this point i just got hired you just got hired. yeah like i was i can't remember it was june yeah it was june when we always went down so i think i was literally in the service for a matter of months this so, is like 1960 ish <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i thought i knew everything but i didn't know shit right so we're there, and, and I yell out to my buddies to call the ambulance and, and call the police. He's been stabbed. He's been stabbed. And we get back, and he flops down on the, on the picnic table. And I said, okay, hey, lie forward. They brought me the kid, first aid kit, and, and there I am, ripping my three pieces of tape, the little piece of, of uh, plastic, you know, put it on his back. And I remember, like, huh, perfect. There it is. It's working. You know, I turn around to grab something else. Flop. Flop just falls off. He, no, no. He falls off. Oh, he falls, he falls, off, falls the off the table. table. Oh, He's a like cardiac arrest. Oh, shit. So now I'm like, well, all right. Well, that was, that was pointless. First thing I <laughs> thought in my head. So I started doing CPR. And I remember saying to him, like, I actually said the words. I'm like, sorry, buddy. I'm not doing mouth to mouth. Don't know you. Like, get blood in his mouth yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. Hands only CPR. Yeah, so I started doing hands only CPR. You're the founder of the hands only CPR. So camp host comes running over at this point. So he comes over there. He jumps in the mouth like a champ. He's, like, he's just blowing. I'm like, whoo. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I'm going to stay on the chest. Neil Kaylee needs a raise. Man. <laughs> so the next phases of this, you got to think, like, it was weird when he asked, so what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's been stabbed. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were holding him down for me to kiss him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so... You know, small town, right? Small town Canadian boy here, right? You know, out in the big uh, big metropolis of the redneck uh, American world here. And next thing you know, it's like in the movies. Helicopters. Other trucks flying in. You know, we had uh, an ambulance pull up and six guys jumped out. You know, we, had a, we had a regular uh, Dodge, blue and, and gray Dodge pickup comes rolling up. He was the advanced life support uh, paramedic firefighter um, on call. And showed up in his personal vehicle with a life pack and a huge kit, you know, by wow. himself. Because he beat, he beat the other crew there. And then this ambulance, massive of rig, shows up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, four paramedics jump out. And and there was so many cops. There was there was Coos Bay Police. There's North Bend Police. There's Highway Patrol. There's um, the Sheriff's Department for both municipalities. There's state troopers. There was uh, the, the Dune. I don't know what they call it. They're called the Dune police <laughs> yeah like it was crazy coast guard was flying above us it was nuts yeah it was, it was wild so did the guy die then because you said he, he passed away yeah so unfortunately he did pass away from from his injuries um the crew out there they did the full code on him and and whatnot did they come in on your ass march <laughs> no they did not i don't even think they rolled him over but um yeah so then after the fact i remember you know, this big old, you know, detective comes over. He's about, he's about four and a half feet tall and four and a half feet wide with a six shooter on his hip. And he rolls up and he wiggles into this picnic table at the campsite. And I'm giving my statement. And he goes, yeah, well, we caught him. The dog man caught him. He was hiding in a tree. He's like, can you come ID him? I'm like, I don't know. Sure. I don't know. He's like, yeah, we'll put you in the back of the car. Uh, you know, they won't see you. You know, we'll pull him out, spin him around a couple times, pretend we forgot to pat him down or something. And you can try and give him give him a good ID. I'm like, yeah, perfect, no problem. Went and did it. Like, yeah, that's, that's the guy, hundred percent. That's the guy. So, go down the next morning, give the statement and everything. And it is this like six foot by six foot, um, 
cinder block room with a small little two-foot steel table with two stools on either side with a coffee can on the floor full of cigarettes with a lamp on the wall. <laughs> Straight out of the movies. I was like, <laughs> what is that? He's like, yeah, that's where we uh, we were in. That's where we interrogate him. We are in there until whatever time in the morning, all night long. He's like, and he's making jokes about the, the cigarettes and the, and the coffee can. <laughs> I was like, no. He's like, oh, yeah. Wow, this is real. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's my smart story. Yeah. <laughs> we're wondering what we're wow. going to talk about tonight. <laughs> uh, how many lives this man's lived? Oh, like, just um, you're like the, you're Highlander. That's what it is. You're, you're Highlander. You've just been around forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was wild. That was absolutely wild. Jesus, I didn't know. I never heard that one. No. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, it went on for a few years, back and forth. Uh, lots of phone conversations at the DA's office, and I was finally, they're like, yep. Yeah. They called me up, and there's more to the story of how he came across the border and like had all that. these IDs, and, and apparently... Wait, I was Canadian? No, no. Oh. He came across from one of the, the southern borders, oh, Mexican. Okay. He wasn't Mexican, but he was in Mexico. Oh, like from, yeah. And uh, the gentleman who passed away, he was... Uh, just a happy old soul who was helping somebody out, picked him up, huh. hitchhiking. And it was him and his girlfriend who he picked up to help out. And, uh, yeah, apparently the police said, yeah, long story short, they, he was basically plotting to kill him and take his truck and camper from day one. And, hmm. uh, yeah, this guy apparently he's, has a record for this somewhere else in, in the States as well. Like, he was a very wanted individual. Hmm. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty crazy. You got lucky. He could have kept charging and came to have you, right? You never know. I mean, it, he very well might have if it was just me. But, you know, with six other guys behind me, my size, like, he, well, I think he chose not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were in America, so he maybe thought and we were all you, packing yeah, heat. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But, <clears throat> yeah. I just wonder if that guy's still alive. Oh, I'm sure he probably is. I, I don't remember the name. Ten dollars. But we could, you could probably search the, the months. You don't think All that stuff down. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because him and his girlfriend doing it, he said, she said back and forth. He killed her, he, she killed her, all this crap. Mm. So it took like three years for the court case. Mm. And then finally they said, they called me up. They're like, yeah, we need you to come down. We finally told him he's willing to deal. Uh, we finally told him, we said, look, you've got a credible witness. Uh, he's a firefighter. He's a paramedic. He's coming down to testify, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so he, he finally broke. And I was like, man, like, because they're going to pay for my whole trip, whole trip down there. And I was like, Pfft. Yeah, buddy, yeah. I'm like, hey, we're loading up the dirt bikes, we're going down, we're paying for our gas, paying for a motel, like, free trip to Oregon, sweet, we're doing it. <laughs> and they phoned us up the they night. They were like, what happened last time we were there? I don't know about <laughs> Yeah, they phoned us up the night before, and it was like, uh, the night before we were supposed to leave, that is, and he's like, yeah, he finally, finally plea bargained, so we didn't have to go. Which mm-hmm. is probably a good thing, because it would have been really creepy on the stand, I'm sure, but... Yeah, you don't want him to know, you know, you want to broadcast on a podcast or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. I got lots of firearms now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chessy holes. <laughs> yeah. God, squirrel. Yeah. Man. But yes, chest seals, it's a dressing. Anybody can do it. If you're an FR department, if you're packing tourniquets and other gauze from and just you know a savvy person and individual want to carry it mm. get a chest seal 100 percent. so can, um can you explain why it needs a one-way valve like in the cold notes version <laughs> yeah well cold notes version so basically it's uh your lung is 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 um decompressing and the air is filling up in the pleural space in between your lung uh, okay. so what that valve is doing is it is stopping that excess um, air going in between there and that's why it's got that so it's just a one-way track valve right, right. so it's not gonna um yeah so the air can go out in but it can't come in so the air is releasing out and we're not introducing that other air to help compromise it so. right otherwise it won't inflate yeah yeah inflate, yeah. yeah i mean hemothorax there's other issues that that arise so if you have a blood in that space that causes right. other problems and then that's where you ultimately the ultimate treatment is, is decompression or chest like decompression needle yeah yeah, yeah. Are you trained to do that? No, we're not. No. We were, uh, in our training, we were trained actually to, to be able to do the skill and manage it, but our licensing levels don't allow us to do those skills. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, um, a, it's a different 
scope with our different provinces and the license across Canada. Yeah, I was uh, listening to the Mind of the Warrior with Mike Simpson, and mm-hmm. there were people who were like, "How come you didn't put the decompression needle in the in the IFAC kit?" He's like, "Because none of you guys, half you guys aren't trained to use it. Oh, more than half." Yeah. He goes, "I'm not t- giving you guys a needle to stick in people." <laughs> he goes, "Screw that." <laughs> he I goes, saw this in a movie. Yeah, he's like, "If you're trained to use one, you can probably go get one." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a good point, and it kind of brings us to our next uh, deal there. Um, what can you and what should you have in your kit? So we are starting up uh, this this summer. Uh, we're hoping to get our first responder going live. Um, and we're looking at what kind of kit to build. Uh, should it be a hard pelican case? Should it be a backpack style? Should it be, you know, should it be minimal? Are we going to load the thing up? Like, there's pros and cons to, to all of it. Um, I mean, we just talked about chest seals and should they be in our kit? Yes. Um, but like, what else should should we have in there? And um, for our listeners, maybe what else do you guys have? And what all do you have in your uh, medical kits? Um, so you've done, obviously, the EHS side, Todd. But what's your take on on what what way you would like to see your your guys' department go? Because you guys are doing FR as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we've got some of our opinions as well, but, um, yeah, what are you thinking? Cause just prior to going live here, you had a couple of really good points, pros and cons to the backpack and the hard case. Yeah. Again, you know, I think we as departments and communities, we need to figure out what kit is going to work for us. Mm-hmm. You know, like the one problem with the large services, it's a one kit fits all right. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't work. So currently what we have is we have a very large, you know, Pelican 1550 and it, it works for the most part. It works really good. Um, you know, controlled environments, you know, stable grounds, things like that. It's, it's a clean, hard surface to, to wipe clean. Cause you know, decon is, is a huge part of it as well. You don't want fabric kits. Um, however, you know, then you start talking about over the embankment, you know, and rough terrain, you know, sometimes that Pelican, it's sure it's, it's sturdy and it's hard, but it's not going to set up nicely where you want it because as soon as you open that lid, there's a balance issue and it's going to tip over and whatnot. So that's where a lot of these soft packs, these backpack styles come into place mm-hmm. as well. Then there's ergonomics. Uh, a lot of people are blown on their shoulders from heavy kits. <clears throat> so that's why we go to the backpack styles. Um, and then with either kit, you can make it modular and you can have your little individual kits kind of like we did in the RTAC thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you can pull out specific little sections like this is your airway, this is your, you know, your breathing, your bagwell mask, and then there's bleeding control, hemorrhage stuff. Like the, you can really break it down to simplify the kit for anybody to use, uh, which is a good idea I feel, especially with all vast different people coming in the department. Some might be very strong attendants, and others might not be. So they yeah. need a simpler kit. Yeah, like identify. Nick's uh, March. Yeah. He's in March on the March on, rhythm, yeah. on the on the backpacks. So it was like, and oh, oh that's good bleeding, yeah. massive hemorrhage. I and you guys, you guys are ABCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. March is just massive hemorrhage, airway, um, respirations, yeah. circulation, and then um, and cold. Yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or, or well, HG's, like, Yeah, um, you know, there's. I'm staring at the staring at the board with the hard and soft kits and stuff, but it it really depends on what you want to do. Like I said, I I like having the hard kit for when you're going into residences, when you're in controlled environment, you know, motor vehicle accidents that are still on highways, things like that. You know, like it, it's it's level, it's clean, it's easy, it's accessible. Um, backpacks, you know, when I worked at the coast, we had a backpack in our rig. When we went to one certain area, we, we go down to this this beach in this mountainous area and we get met by the Coast Guard a lot of the times. So for those specific calls, because we had to hike down to it, we had the backpack. Same PCP kit with it, with our suction and everything else, right. but we're not blowing shoulders out carrying a hard, heavy kit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit more versatile. Because uh, a hard kit is easy to clean too, right? It is. It's a, And the hard kit, for a lot of the stuff we use, we use it as a seat. Right when you're in a filthy environment and you want to sit down and, and talk to a patient, mm. I can sit on it. Right, if uh, I need to use it as a step for somebody to step up into the ambulance, 
bag and use the, use the kit. You know, like there's there's multiple fashions. You're right on it like a slave. <laughs> yeah, you're right on like a slave. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, so there there is multiple uses, and and I'm sure you talk to any medic in the industry that's been doing it for a long time, they're going to have their own opinion. Yeah, I think uh, um, for us, for our area, for the calls that we're going to initially start to roll on, um, I think the hard case is the way to go. Uh, it's, you know, modular, it's easily cleanable, um, and we can, you know, always build and add on to it. And if we ever want to do anything over embankment, we can always add on and grab a, a backpack style as well for the rescue truck. Um, and it's a Pelican case, you huck it down the hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or ride it. Or ride it on the hill. Exactly. Literally, you get some sling. wheels on it. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, you know the the Pelican cases. They're super strong. Um, there's it's like anything. You know, we we beat the shit out of them over a long time. There's little things that that uh, break on them. Um, and I do remember when we started looking at other kits. There was there is a a backpack attachment that you can kind of turn it into, but it's mm. still a very firm, rigid. Right. device um, which is, is that nice but yeah I agree you know the firm kits work very well for us um, for many reasons um, but I do like having an option of a softer kit for certain things but again you look at it for our area like if you're the type of department that's doing a ton of different you know cross-country or or uh, off-road type of rescues yep. then yeah maybe you absolutely go to a pack style but yeah mm -hmm. find what works for you and you don't have to Stick to it forever. You can change it. Yeah, exactly. So, taking the fire departments <clears throat> out of the picture, what would you carry in an IFAC, an individual first aid kit? <laughs> Spring that on you, sorry. Yeah. We didn't talk about that. But I'm looking at minimal gear right now. Minimal gear, yeah. Which one? Because I've seen what Todd... Oh, well, <laughs> well, now that I've actually... I've heard your murder story. Now I understand why you take, like, a, an entire, like, ER with you when we go camping. <laughs> I do have a couple of different levels of kits I bring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Depending yeah, on how when we far were hunting we're that time, like, I think picking them up, that was the best thing. All right, we're going to grab this. So this is my big kit. Okay, this is the one that we can take on the side by side. This is the one that I'll wear on my person. This is the one that we can replenish the big kit with. And then what do we do when we're out? Then we're out. Then, then we're, we're like an hour away from camp. And what do we got on us? One tourniquet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we're started. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like when we go when I go hunting, like I I pack my truck, I prepare for it. You know, shovels, come alongs, you know, like you name it, everything is there. It's fucking road flares, flashlights, we're good to go. What happens when we're up north moose hunting? Unload the truck because we had to sleep in the in the box the first night before we set up camp and everything. Well, we didn't put anything back in. What did we get? Absolutely buried to the doors in mud. Not a shovel, not a thing, no radios. We had to sleep in the truck that night and then hike out five hours. We had so much ball chafing going on the next morning. <laughs> so bad. So bad. We left my buddy Johnny's grandma in the truck by herself with two rifles. That's <laughs> my buddy Brian and I had to hike out. Like, it was ridiculous. Why, I've heard the story. You, you I've never grandma? heard the grandma was there. Why, why'd you oh, bring yeah. grandma with you on a moose hunt? Well, she was one of the LEH holders. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So was she shooting or was she just sitting there? Oh, no, she has to pull the trigger according oh. to the law. So she <laughs> was... Uh, it? Okay, okay, pull the trigger now. No, pull the trigger no, out. When I say grandma, she was... Yeah. No, well, yeah, it was actually his mom, but she's... Yeah. But, <laughs> what? Yeah, she was She was. The story awesome. doesn't add up. <laughs> kind of weird right next time was this. This, this is a poach. No, she's... <laughs> Either way, the, the point of the story is, is yeah, sure enough, you know, when the shit drops and you need it, I had nothing. It's all sitting at camp, and we had to hike out. So, but if you're at camp and there was a murder, you'd be able to. <laughs> you, 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 had, you had everything, absolutely. Uh, I mean, really? What has ever happened away what from is camp? Happening? All of the murders that actually happens at camp. He's proven it. That's where you want all your prisoners. Oh, the bush is safe. <laughs> for oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I know why we're going off the rails so much. Uh, anyways, what do you want in your kit? <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> I think there's two ways to look at it. So, when you talk about your FR kits, you don't overpack it. We get guys... That find a little empty space there. Oh, I'm gonna throw a couple more things in there. 
well, I guess a room for some hot packs and some cold packs, like I said, you know, or, yeah. or a couple of different pairs of safety glasses as well. I was like, no, 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 I'm not packing the ambulance on my shoulder. Like this is single patient. I like packing in my kit for single patient use. Like we have our IV bags, we've got our drugs, I've got my airway, I've got my major trauma. I make a small little Ziploc bag of some minor trauma and it's isolated in that small Ziploc bag because if your fingers are bloody and you're not swapping your gloves out because you don't have a lot, now I'm not contaminating that whole compartment in my kit. Right. I'm already pulling out just that small bag and then it, it's easy, right? Um, and it just, it's modular and it, and it works that way better. Um, yeah, so don't, don't have big kits. Like you don't need to be packing a million pounds of gauze into every call when 90% of your calls are going to be short as a resin chest <laughs> pains. And, and I fell down. I don't know, know what's wrong, right? Like there's so many things you don't need to be packing in, but you do need them. Um, there's a lot of controversy actually right now. Like we, as a, an association, we have to carry the, the adult bag valve mask right. and the pediatric bag valve mask and the child BVM. Um, however, there's a lot of evidence. A lot of people just like carrying the child BVM because it has the right amount of volume to inflate child's lungs and adult lungs. Right. So we don't need to be overinflating the adult with that large adult BVM. And it's smaller, so it fits in better kits. Fits in the kit. Nice. You just, you just yeah. need another different. Yeah, just as long as you have the, the adult face piece, right. you're set, hmm. right? So there, there's lots of little tricks like that when you start downsizing kits. Um, I know we are uh, supposed to be a very standardized service now with our kits. Um, however, back in the day, we each platoon, each team, we would have our own personalized kits. So my partner and I, we had a very small kit. It was a single patient use. You know, we were only carrying like a little 500 bag instead of saline in it and stuff like that. And some guys were carrying a liter bags. Um, it's just too much, too much weight. People are injuring their shoulders. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you need that much on scene, you should probably be getting your way to the ambulance. Right. You know, so, and there, there's so many other ways to look at it, right? For preparedness. But yeah, the biggest recommendation if you're building your own FR kit is don't overstock it. Don't overthink it. Because we all tend to, well, there's a little bit of space. Let's, let's put this on it. Right. And we treat it like our fire trucks. Well, that's an empty cabinet. What can we put in there? Mm. We don't need that on our kit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? I can but, but but definitely see us getting, you know, it would be very, very easy for us to go down that uh, rabbit hole for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, well, I mean, we can add this. Well, we can quickly add, add this. There's, there's always going to be room and you can always jam extra shit in there. Mm-hmm. But it's like you say, you kind of do your patient to like patient and a half, you know, just, just enough extra, um, have great stock back at the hall, you know, on the rescue truck, have a little extra, maybe, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can have some backup stuff there. And then obviously we're going to have the MCI kit mm-hmm. up, up top as well, which, which is great. Um, but, uh, you know, keep it simple and, yeah. you know, because when you're talking about trauma stuff, like <clears throat> the, you're going to have enough dressings generally. For a couple of people mm. in that one kit easily um unless it's absolute like limbs are missing and there's chaos right um however like when you start breaking down the other parts of the kit like airway stuff well if i'm doing airway maneuvers or breathing for somebody that is one-on-one so like i'm not going to need more adjuncts out of that kit mm. um you know like then for us with ivs and, and other things that you guys aren't gonna have to worry about you know that takes up space in our kit mm-hmm. um so there's nothing wrong with you know, if you're gonna have a similar size kit than what the ambulance has, um, still having a few other adjuncts in there that you may use or to restock, and especially now with COVID, you need that extra hand hygiene. You need a few other little cleaning devices, so you know, maybe put some wipes in there, some portable wipes, right? Um, so you can actually wipe the surface down really quickly while you're there. Mm-hmm. And the way there's lots of little things you can think about. Um, then when it comes to your IFAX, it's even different. Right? Now it's even a smaller kit. And now you just want to do... Because basically, an IFAX for life-saving. Yeah. Or, I guess, for really minor wounds. Mm-hmm. And there's different levels of them. Yeah. Right? Like, some, some guys pack their IFAX as, like, tack teams. Like, no, I'm going in. I've got right. chest darts. You know, I've got multiple tourniquets. I've got multiple <clears throat> gauze for multiple patients. Then there's other guys that scary IFAX simply for one, two people. Like, myself and you. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... That's why, as you guys make fun of me, my little kids, I have one one little IFAC as half of it is kind of minor wound care. You know, just yep. basic stuff that one sits in the truck. And the other side of that kit 
I have my major hemorrhage. I have my two tourniquets. You know, I've got some wound packing, things like that. Um, so that is kind of my truck kit. It kind yeah. of covers everything. And then I've got a small little IFAC that I'll put on my hunting packs and things like that with a couple little band-aids, things like that. But then, yeah, generally two tourniquets, enough uh, gauze for wound packing. Um, but that's only like a, what would you say, like a four by six inch kit kind of deal? Some yeah. Of them? yeah. Yeah. What's like the, what's what most all the ouch coach? Ouch coach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is somebody, that actually what it's called? Or no, that... somebody oh. labeled their own. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's not what it gets shipped as. What's it shipped as? It's just a blank with a... Like Velcro pad, yeah, right? but I forgot what it's called. Is it, is it their truck kit? No. <sighs> it might be their truck yeah, kit. Well, we're not on Modus yet. <laughs> Modus. Modus. <laughs> yeah, so it's many different styles of little IFACs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I personally like having the option of, of having a couple different ones, depending <clears> on what I'm doing. Like if I'm just going out with the kids squatting, I'll take the one out of the truck, so a bit more minor first aid stuff, because they're probably ones going to get the slivers and... Yep. Little lacerations, but still enough in there to stop something major if it happens. Yep. You know, whereas if we're going out for hunting, well, I've got that smaller IFAC with just the major stuff and one or two band-aids for me uh, in case there's a blister or something too when you're hiking and, and away you go. Yeah, it's their vehicle kit. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How are you? What do you have in your... Same as you. Like, so I got the, the 5.11, so when I open it up, my one side is like band-aids yeah and then the other side's like two turner kits and wound packing mm -hmm. i don't think i have a cutting tool in there like uh i have like a seat like one of the seat belt cutters yeah to, to take clothes off and stuff yeah, yeah in each one of my kids i make sure i shove i shove some scissors in there yeah. as well yeah just that one is too small to even uh like i had a pair of small shears but it wouldn't even fit in there so i said this basically i think it's a seat belt cutter which yeah. should be fine on clothes yeah, you know, there's there's cool there's a lot of ways that like you can totally get down the rabbit hole and you start talking about little life facts like yeah. you know you can build your kit to what you want like if you're going aquatic and you're thinking of uh, all the possibilities of penetrating injuries and wood and sticks well you may <laughs> you may need some sort of a little folding saw that fits in your your pack like there's you can go on and on with this type of stuff yeah it's lots of guys like wearing carrying little Gerbers and multi tools right so they have a pair of pliers for sure so there's tons of stuff. That's how crazy you want to get. When you're like me, you have a full trauma kit and multiple little sacks. <laughs> All makes sense now. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just need to check that last box and everything. <laughs> full circle. Um, yeah, well, that was, uh, that was pretty all right. I think... Uh, what? Nothing. Oh. You give me the old... Uh, yeah. Look, guys. Um, so I think we'll skip and leave the next deal there until next time. But maybe just wrap up here. Um, there was a course put on recently um, down south. Your department uh, kind of hosted the course. Yep. Um, had a few other uh, regional departments came and joined in um, for some critical incident stress management. What, That's right. Uh, what maybe just a, a brief rundown on what that's going to look like and um kind of rolling out regionally what 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 that can help in our area yeah so we've uh we had this year we had a couple of uh, uh big events structure fires with some uh, casualties in them and of course we know we brought in our C some cis teams and stuff to help debrief everybody and then we started talking and well i think it was actually one of the um the debriefers that came in the counselors and say, well, why don't you guys have your own? Like, I can instruct you guys, I can teach you guys, you can build your own team. And then that conversation went further to some of the other departments as far as, well, we should maybe have a uh, some sort of a regional team. Mm -hmm. Whereas, because with the trick with the CISM stuff, as you're, if you're debriefing within your department, um, one of the hard, fast rules is that you were not involved in the event. So two of you in the, that debriefing need to be completely detached and not part of that event. So as we know with our departments, that may be hard. So you might have to call upon another department to come in and actually cover that um, debriefing for you if everybody was tied up. Um, so we had ourselves and one, two, three other departments um, involved. Uh, we have six of our members that did the training this, this weekend. 
So uh, we're now certified in kind of just kind of, I guess it's kind of referred to as, um, what would you call it? Like a, like a crit critical instance stress kind of first aid. Like we're not, not going anywhere near counseling and things like that. We're not there to fix the problems. We're there to, you know, evoke that conversation, start the talking, start, you know, that, that process of, of getting through it and, and processing that event, that traumatic event. So, um, yeah, we did a whole pile of scenarios and just learning on how, how you know, stress is accumulative and how the body and the brain reacts um, to it. Um, and then a whole bunch of skill sets on, on how to run a proper debriefing and a lot of things on just reflective listening, you know, reinforcing the proper questions and proper things to say so you don't trigger somebody, but you want them to open up and talk about that event as part of that, that healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really good. So we're just going to work on trying to figure out how to roll that out in our department to set up a, an operational guideline and whatnot. And then the discussions will be with all the adjacent departments um, and having something regionally. I know I mentioned to you guys as well, um, we want to get you and the neighboring department north of you to get involved as well. So that'll get spoken to hopefully at the chief level and go from there. But it's a good, it's a good thing to have, you know, like we can definitely be called upon um, now up to your department or mm-hmm. other departments right. if needed. So, And we've had, you know, we've had Todd come up to our department in years past mm-hmm. um, just to speak from personal experience and, you know, being aware of, uh, you know, what some, some of these things are like to process. Um, we as a group here have always been very pro that, you know, tailboard talk, uh, yeah. you know, open lines of uh, communication is like super key on things like this. Uh, but now taking it that one step further and actually getting a little bit more awareness to it, um, mm-hmm. where, where you can know, um, you know, sort of those key things that you really want to look for. Um, and what I think is good. And like we, we had a bit of a chat prior to our recording tonight is knowing the individuals that, that would excel in these positions. Like, yeah. like I know Scott's going to be, first in line to put his hand up and he's i mean his bedside manner is a one um he, he definitely knows how to uh, diffuse all of these sort of you know critical incidents so no yeah you that's that's the trick right you need to have so the right what? individuals yes. <laughs> right exactly you need to have the right individuals uh, that have those you know listening skills and that communication skills mm-hmm. to do it um but also don't have unprocessed trauma themselves like if if they're not done dealing with something in their personal life you know and that's that's the crazy thing with trauma like or mental health trauma like it can stick with you for years it can stick with you for your entire career like then you might have a trigger that comes up so you need to be totally in check for this because you don't know what story you're going to be hearing from the other people and you may get triggered so you need to have that process and buttoned up as well um, not bottled up to be clear, mm. but you need to have you know, your self-help, um, you know, and know what to do for yourself to de-stress and debrief and, and go from there. But yeah, it's, it's good. It was a lot of a uh, lot of insight on little things and just how to process um, severe trauma like that, and just a lot of stigma with it as well. You know, like one thing that was discussed was you know we all have a continuing um, kind of relationship with our. Uh, physiotherapists, you know, our dentists, our family doctor, our chiropractors, but we don't see anybody regularly for mental health, right? So that's another thing that he was really pushing that, hey, like, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, every few months, go in and talk to somebody about mental health, right? So, yeah, but it's good. It's not as, uh, uh, what's the word? It's not as awkward, I guess, for people to talk about. Like, we really learned a lot of little things with it. And just with some of the handouts as well that we hand out to people in the training. Um, you know, we got to do sit down and do a little score to see kind of where your stress level is at. And then it just helps with self-reflect and look back at it to, to see. It's like, ooh, what? Maybe I do need to start getting back into some things that I really enjoyed doing before. And then that stress number will come down. So okay. It's pretty cool. Thanks. Well, anybody else have anything more to, to go? We've been going on for about an hour here, so. 
think we can no more no more long stories <laughs> yeah oh man yeah we got some pretty good Todd stories I don't, I don't have any murders that I can talk about but yeah <laughs> <laughs> right usually uh, <laughs> <laughs> my stories pop out after a couple of beers and I haven't even had any yeah <laughs> yeah that was pretty out of left, left field though Scott started it with the I uh, think we the like, S March the S March I think we've heard like there was like we've heard a bit of that that story but not not quite I've never heard the story ever in depth no yeah. I've never heard the story yeah. that's yeah, good well. <laughs> it was a thing it happened it was crazy yeah. Yeah. here we are shadows <laughs> motors, motors. <laughs> who wants to take vehicle that? kits yeah <laughs> Motor chest seals. <laughs> Could be a thing. Somebody grab Modus around there. Yeah, Modus, uh, Modus Fire Rescue. They, yeah. um, you know, they were kind enough a while back. We brought up. They sent us a little care package, mm. um, and that was the uh, soft entry. What do they call it? the soft entry kit? Yeah, there was. They had the bag for the soft entry kit. Bag, they, yeah. they had their. We had the um, G2, we had the shove knives, pouch. we had an IFAC pouch. And I think it's utility had... bags, isn't it? Bags mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah. The, the utility, utility bag, bag, yeah. Yeah, so with that, we had um, the uh, yeah the J tool, the shove knife blades. We had some more wedges. Of course, mm. we got our um, the Lloyd, the the Lloyd, the Lloyd. tools as well with that. <laughs> um, and then yeah, the uh, the little vehicle kits as well, which are great. Like we talked about making a small little soft entry kit. You guys sure. are gonna try one for your officer truck, I think. Yeah, yeah I think we're gonna. Um, and then multi uses, like you can turn it into an IFAC. You know, it's a That's great little pack. Yeah, it's uh, the claim to fame, of course, is the snagger tool with that. Um, we've all used their wedges, and we have their snagger tool as well. Um, Modus, they've uh, they've got a great, great group of products out there. Um, go online, check them out, check out their um, their social media as well, and check out our stuff using them as well. Um, and DTFF5 gives you 5% off if you do your online ordering. Perfect. Um I'll grab admission. Admission USA. Um, we went. We were down a year and change ago uh, in Seattle. We went down to uh, see Jocko. That was pretty good. Uh, and we had the the pleasure of meeting up with uh, Jason from Ignition. Uh, got to uh, see and demo the CRAT. So it's the Seattle Rapid Access Tool, uh, soft entry, pa- passive entry device, uh, multi tool. I think it does like seven or so odd different things. Um, all where you're able to leave the premises uh, secure once you leave. Uh, so a lot of the industrial or like multi-dwelling uh, buildings that are commonplace for Seattle and a lot of other uh, larger cities, uh, we have a few of them in our area as well. So we, we've been training on that. It's a, it's a pretty cool piece of kit. And um, one, one thing that we've been mentioning lately again is every item that is on it is replaceable so if if something breaks bends and it needs to be replaced you can order an in an individual piece of it uh and get it back to uh new so uh check them out ignition usa uh they're on uh, facebook instagram uh, they got their website we have some video up as well on our social medias and if you like what you see there uh, dtff 2020 for 20 percent off uh stop the bleep scott yeah, I think we've had uh, quite enough to Stop the Bleed tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we haven't. No, uh, Stop the Bleed is uh, free online pr- uh, training that uh, anyone can do, anyone can take. Um, if you want to become an instructor, if you're a EMT, uh, sworn law enforcement, firefighter, basically if you have a higher level of medical training, you can actually become an instructor, teach it, uh, make it your own sort of course, uh, as long as you're following their curriculum, which is very simple. It's um, direct pressure, wound packing, tourniquet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, get out there, teach people, because you never know, uh, like we talked about tonight, you never know when it's going to happen. Stopthebleed.org. Mm-hmm. And I want to throw out there as well, you know, like we talk about it a lot and just with the shout outs, but this even just random stories as well. And, uh, you know, I don't want people to think that, you know, that's all we talk about. Like, why? It's because it is the simplest thing mm-hmm. to save somebody's life. Like, it is the number, it is actually the number one. Um, 
thing that we can do to stop that massive hemorrhage to save somebody's life. It is such an easy skill to do. Uh, whereas if it is left unchecked, they will bleed out and they're not coming back. Like yeah. there's, you lose your clotting factors. Like there's so many other little things. So it's, uh, it's the one thing that, like you said, like that bush party with the stabbing. Like we don't, I don't know the event of, of exactly his injuries and whatnot, but that's the prime thing. If something, if you do something, you could have saved that guy's life. So mm, absolutely. Um, Scott, why don't you keep going with Tanner Olson? Tanner Olson is um, <clears throat> country music out of Chilliwack, which is close to Vancouver. Um, they just are, are releasing a new album. I don't know. I don't know if they're releasing or have released it. <laughs> and I can't remember the name of it off. Remember the name of their latest single. Mm. It's about a pickup truck. Being yes. good at them. <laughs> which is awesome country. <laughs> Anyways, uh, check them out on Spotify, um, Tanner Olson Band. Uh, they've done, they're getting back into some live shows, and um, hopefully we're going to have them out here soon. Treated me well. Treated me well. Yeah, treated me right. well. You think it's about a woman? It's about a pickup truck. It's about a pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Maybe there's a dog in there. I'm sure there's a dog. It's a little Chevy Square Body on the cover of it. So oh, beauty. Love it. All right. <laughs> Trucks. It's yeah. that. We're killing Scotland Country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, us. Yeah, RZ Masks. RZ Masks, <laughs> right? Yep. RZ Masks. If you're looking for a good quality mask, quick on and off, um, we recommend the, uh, the what we got, the M1s, I believe. M1s with the F3 filters, we like those. Yeah. Um, Velcro strap around the back. Um, I still remember when we got our first RZ Masks, you and I. And I was trying to sniff your garlic, garlic salt. Yep. <laughs> yeah, in the kitchen. That was the old test. Can you smell it? <laughs> can you smell it? I can, can still smell it. Quickly escalated to yeah, yeah, to pepper spray. Pepper spray, and then yeah, yeah, the pepper spray. Pepper spray. They were really great. Uh, actually, yeah. they're really good mask quality. Um, again, it is that kind of speed, which is why we like the M3s. We did also get some other ones. Uh, we do have some on the way to test. I am told. I still haven't seen them yet. I'm going to reach out to them again and figure out so where they're stuck at, in but... the uh, that seaweed sort of canal, canal yeah. or whatever the hell it's could be shipping. But if you're looking to pick one up, twenty five percent off if you use the code DTFF. Awesome. You know, all I think about in that, you know, that ship that's stuck in the Suez. Yeah. I think about Austin Powers and his. Yeah. Hey, somebody, somebody made that. Somebody made a meme with that. Oh yeah. So it's the ship with him on it. Oh, that's classic. <laughs> I'm never going to see my appliances for my house now. Sure. No, they are on that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Rescue Essentials. Yeah, rescueessentials.com. Uh, go online, check them out. They have a huge variety of um, of training aids, IFACs, packs, pouches, um, flashlights, gear, just all, all sorts of sort of rescue gear, kind of first responder gear as well. Um, yeah, I, we're in chat chats with them. Uh, we're, we're hopefully going to be testing some of their products once we give them a little list of things we want to try out and check, and then we'll talk about them. Uh, I personally have ordered a whole variety of training supplies for Stop the Bleed and whatnot for them. Um, some other simulators, and some also some other IFACs and pouches and stuff. They are fantastic. They carry all the major brands, but they're, uh, they're pretty good. So we will carry on with those discussions with them. For sure. So go online, check them out, rescueessentials.com. Actually, I want to mention uh, Coast Ropes and Rescue, which we talked about a couple times, but they just kind of hooked us up, not for free, but they hooked us up with uh, a bunch of helmets for our department in the last couple of days. Yep. Um, cask helmets. They are pretty nice. They're nice and light. They're um, certified for multi-use. Um, obviously not structure fire, but you can use them for wildland, auto X rope or over magnet rope work mm -hmm. and some water rescue. So yeah, they hooked us up um, nice and fast. We ordered a couple weeks ago, came in super fast. Obviously yep. it wasn't on that tanker or not tanker, that uh, <laughs> cargo ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. Coast ropes. Um, they're out of um, Vancouver. Perfect. Uh, lastly, we have uh, us. Well, let's wrap up just, uh, talking about our social media presence on facebook uh instagram uh we're on tiktok still um but we're we're really trying to build and grow our youtube presence um i i know we keep saying this every week that 
once things open up a bit more and you know fingers crossed you're starting to see um a little bit more leeway um kind of hoping that we can get get back out there and doing some videos and stuff so um definitely look look into the youtube uh check us out on all the other social medias there give us a like follow share subscribe on whichever platform you find us on it would be much appreciated yeah, we uh, we got a little box the other day. Show up at our fire hall, full of black rifle coffee, fire alarm coffee. Mm, nice. That was pretty awesome. Mm. Yes, yeah, so we started handing handing those bags out. I know Scott, you're saying, "Whoa, that's where the other half of our order went." <laughs> <laughs> no, because what what had happened? Because uh, five eleven actually had a yeah. uh, five eleven. Sorry, black rifle. Black rifle had a um, deal where you could order a for every pound you ordered, mm. they would. Of their new coffee, of the new five eleven, mm-hmm. that's why <laughs> five, five, alarm. five alarm coffee. Um, they would mm-hmm. they would give a, uh, a pound to a local department. So I know we ordered a whole bunch uh, our crew, and we got we got a box similar to that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, because we were wondering where the other, because you know what we ordered like I don't know we ordered there's a lot, a lot yeah yeah and then we we got a fair amount but we didn't get it we didn't get the full thing that's why oh, yeah. that's what we thought oh maybe that's what you guys got but mm-hmm. some other department's gonna get it <laughs> like, yeah, we, come from? <laughs> yeah we had one of our members sons uh did the same he ordered a, right. a whole pile yeah. for his uh company and he nice. wrote a serious down for for um right. uh the other coffee one yeah. so it was good it's good stuff it's good coffee sure. it's Absolutely. great coffee and we're, and we're wearing it all day. Yeah, exactly. Representing pretty good here. So. <laughs> nice. Well, if we don't have anything else, I think we'll uh, call it there, guys. Um, yeah. Scott? Good night. Scott? Have a good night. Thank you. Carl? Thanks, everyone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Scott sharing some funny pictures. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night. As always, stay safe. Stay TTFM.